It's another episode of Where You Are, Season 3. Everybody, usually I'm here at this segment with Fox, but I'm out of town in a hotel room taking it easy for the Labor Day weekend. So I'm going solo on this one. In this episode, you'll meet the wonderful Kevin King, who founded this organization called The King's Canvas in Montgomery. And what they do is amazing. He works with the community, with artists who are quote, underdeveloped and underexposed to give them opportunities, not only to paint or create art in the space that he provides, but also he gives them financial advice on, you know, entrepreneurship and how to create business opportunities using their art, how to develop life skills, in fact, cultivating their artistic skills and their, and their techniques and their entrepreneurial abilities. So if you just check out the kingscanvas.org, you're going to find how amazing the work is that Kevin and the people he works with, how, how amazing that work is. And I really encourage you, if you're looking for a place to give back, a place to donate, go to the kingscanvas.org and take a moment to, to donate. I actually have give a monthly small uh, a donation. And I know that monthly donors are really helpful for organizations like that. So any money that you could give is great. I promise you when you check them out, you're going to fall in love with it. You know, when I started this podcast a couple of years ago, I had a very simple mission and it remains the same. I wanted to highlight Sh uh, sh shed the light on or share the limelight with people who are doing things to brighten the corner where they are. In other words, for years, I struggled with trying to go big, right? I, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to New York and I wanted to be famous on Broadway and all that. And I realized oh, throughout my life that or I wanted to write the great American novel, or I wanted to do, I wanted to do something really big. I wanted to, I just, I couldn't even name it. It was so big. And then when I realized as I got older, and that's, some people are going to do those things, your Dolly Partons, your Oprah Winfrey's or whatever, they, they have this worldwide impact. But the truth of the matter is, no matter where you are, you can make a difference. You can brighten the world around you right where you are. And, and in fact, I think that's maybe even more important I was inspired really by that song, Bright in the Corner Where You Are, that says, do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do, bright in the corner where you are. And the whole song, if you look up the lyrics, is about the idea that you can end up neglecting what's right in front of you if you're always looking over there at some far, far horizon, because there's work that needs to be done right here in your own backyard. And Kevin 
King is an example of the kind of people who are doing that, who, who are just, I mean, if you look, you see, I think it's called Washington Park, the area that, that he lives in, the changes that are happening in his community and around him, the, the businesses that are coming in, the, the activity that it's, that it's stimulating, it's the art that, that is being created, the light that is emanating from the place. I think it's fascinating. I think it's just wonderful what he's doing and it's so inspirational. And I think that not only does it help him and the community around him and the world at large, he also inspires other people to do similar things. So I hope that maybe by hearing his story, by listening to him, and by the way, he's such a great guy. He's really easy to talk to. I was a little nervous when I went into this. I thought, oh my goodness, I, you know, I don't know Kevin from, I don't know him at all. I can't believe he's even agreed to do this, but he was so pleasant, so nice, so open. And I just really enjoy talking with him. And I think that you'll enjoy this interview and please, please, please consider donating to the King's Canvas. I think it's really fantastic. So I'll stop talking now and I hope that you'll enjoy this interview with Kevin King, founder of the King's Canvas. Placemaking space. I saw that. I see that on all on Facebook on your website. What do, what do you mean by creative placemaking space? And then just tell 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 my listeners a little bit about your your organization. All right. So um, you know, creative placemaking, you know, can sometimes be uh, you know nuanced to people who don't really understand what it is. So. I think a simple definition is giving the arts a seat at the community and economic development discussion on the front end, because the data says that builders build these beautiful spaces, right? And uh, upon building these, uh, these beautiful spaces, it's the arts that kind of ascend on these spaces and provide thriving life, right? And when that happens, uh, it creates uh, an economy there because money is being exchanged and it provides sustainability for that particular area. Now, if you remove the arts, I mean, you just have spaces where people possibly work, live, probably do business, but as far as that, that, that life uh, that involves creativity, whether it be uh, you know, visual art, uh, music, uh, literary arts, uh, performing arts, it's a creative placemaking space. So when I say creative placemaking space, that's the understanding that we are a studio. I mean, and people come in there to actually create, but we are also using art, uh, such as murals and whatnot, and just who we are there in that particular community uh, to kind of be uh, this beacon in the sense that, or this conduit, I should say, that address issues of community and economic development. You know, and it's all about community members and artists and arts and culture organizations and developers, you know, all doing it together. You know, so we have to work with, uh, you know, private nonprofits like us, uh, hopefully uh, our local city government, um, you know, local architects and engineers. And with all of us collectively working together and having a voice at the table on the front end, uh, as opposed to on the back end saying, OK, we built these spaces. Now let's include the artists. Uh, it can kind of drive the creativity further. 
You know, I saw a video somewhere. I was researching you for the past week, making sure I knew what I was talking about. And you <laughs> went to Chattanooga to talk to a woman who's doing something similar up yeah. there. I wonder if there, is there a movement afoot across the country for, for, for organizations like yours, putting this on the front end instead of being brought in afterward to the downtown area, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was I was uh, introduced to this concept in 2016, but it was 2009 where the National Endowment of the Arts did a study. And that study stated that in the larger metropolitan area that's had any source of uh, economic progression, it was a direct result of the arts. And so I think since 2019, I'm sorry, since 2009, excuse me, uh, that was a discovery that this had happened always, right? And so because of that, these conferences kind of birthed out of it. You know, you have Art Place America, you have the Grant Makers in the Arts, and you have other organizations and conferences, annual conferences that focus directly on placemaking efforts or creative placemaking efforts. And so, yeah, that's definitely, and the thing is in Alabama, here in Montgomery, we weren't really using that language, but you know, talking to some of our, uh, you know, local officials, I found out that some people actually knew about it, but just did not know how to get a movement like this started. They really didn't know how to emphasize the creative element. It was us artists and those of us who have arts organizations were a kind of, were a driving factor behind that. Well, I know that you're in Montgomery, but for everyone listening, where you're on the west end of Montgomery, right? Yeah, uh, West Montgomery on the west side. Uh, west side, sorry. Seven, yeah, on the 7 of Montgomery Marsh Trail, um, two blocks away from Campsite 4, which is uh, St. Jude. Uh, you know, we we all know what happened at the 7 of Montgomery March, uh, you know, the March for Voters' Rights. So, and we, we've also heard about Bloody Sunday, and after Bloody Sunday took place, the marchers were finally uh, approved and protected to march from 7 of Montgomery for voters' rights. So, yeah, that's where we are. Right on the trail. And what you didn't grow up in, you didn't grow up in Montgomery. You grew up in Mobile, right? And you moved to Montgomery. So yeah. what, what, I know the story that your wife and your daughter bought you the yeah. and everything. What were right. you doing before that? You were working with another nonprofit before this? Yeah, I was working with another nonprofit in town that I, I was a part of uh, being part of on the front end uh, from 2006 into 2019. And we, uh, you know, moved to the Washington Park community in West Montgomery to be a part of the fabric of the community for the purpose of neighborhood transformation. And so uh, for us, we were already community focused. We were living in the community, uh, working with youth, uh, youth development program, and we were also building relationships with, with families in that community. And we ran our development of programs, you know, as we got involved in people's lives. And so, and it was during that journey where uh, that story picks up in 2013, where I was gifted those art supplies. And it took me from 2013 to 2017 to start an organization while still with the previous organization. And in 2019, um, thankfully I was able to lead that organization just so I can dive into the arts full time. Do you, are you naturally burning from within with this endless source of energy or do you ever get burnt out? It sounds like you're doing a lot of work. Oh yeah. I get burned out, man. I was burned out earlier this week. Honestly, I'm sort of burned out now, yeah. and, but I love people. And so this kind of fuels me. You understand what I'm saying? And so, yeah. My wife talks about that a lot. She said, Kevin, you just, you just thrive off of people. And then later on, it's like, okay, I got my people fixed. Now I can crash. <laughs> 
<laughs> at some point, I think in an email that you were working on a mural, can you talk about that or or no? Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about it. Uh, so there's a, uh, a black-owned tech company out of uh, Baltimore named called Fearless who are moving down. And I probably have already said too much, but I think this is I think this is fine because this is common knowledge. Uh, they just commissioned, you know, me to do a mural. Uh, I brought some some of my King's Canvas artists along, about five five artists, five or six artists, uh, brought them together, and I used this as a training opportunity to show how to uh, do a mural from start to finish. And so, That's yeah, fantastic. we started on, I bought the supplies on Saturday, we started on Sunday, and we finished on Tuesday. <laughs> wow. And I just had a meeting today, and I can't I can't talk about that because I literally have to sign a non-disclosure agreement about this one. I can't even tell where it is. You know, I have another one coming up that I'm starting on, and it has to be done by August 30. Oh wow! Well, I won't pry. You know, I'm not I'm not Barbara Walters. I'm not gonna you know. Um, so I was watching one of your videos on your website, and I want to come back to ask you about how you started all this and and to give advice on people who might want to do similar things. But I was watching a video, and a young woman said something about how she had given up on painting uh, or doing art. And then after working with King's Canvas, the, her stuff sold. And it was the stuff that she'd worked on years ago that she'd you know, right. really given up. And she realized how important that work that she had been doing was. And she said, I quote her, I finally felt, I finally feel, I, I feel like I was finally worth it. Yeah. I think that the, the, the validation because yeah. I, you know, I, I was a big Oprah watcher for years and years and years, and she always talked about how people just want to be validated. They want to know that they're valued, and to, and and this young woman was crying, and she, you could yeah. tell that it really struck her. So, I wonder how often you experience these moments with with artists in your in your studio and in the work that you do. Man, all of the time. And it's funny because that young lady's name is Sakia Evans. We are actually uh, having a little a party for tonight at a bar. Okay. Uh, you know, she's leaving us on the 30th. Uh, she got married and uh, husband's in the military. So she's leaving and we're going to miss her. But yeah, so that that was important because the kid's one of those uh, success stories in my eyes. One of many success stories where she's taken our entrepreneurial classes a couple of times and all of this started happening before our business classes. But we want to normalize artists getting paid. Right. And we want to yes. normalize. We, we want to kind of debunk this notion of uh, starving artists. We reject that mantra altogether. We believe it's artists. Sometimes we make we don't make good entrepreneurs, but we believe that we can learn to be great entrepreneurs. Yeah, and she, yeah. was, she was one of the ones who said, Kevin, I've made more money money today uh, than I'm making a whole week on my job. You know, and so and sometimes that's not always the case, but. We, we're building something here in Montgomery and that validation that does come from understanding that uh, just the creativity that are not in our hands, but in, in our mind that we kind of transfer, you know, uh, through our hands, you know, understanding that we could actually create something that people would actually love and be willing to pay for. It makes you know that the work, you know, the, the work that you're doing isn't in vain as an artist and also as a, as an artist organization that's taking people like Sakia and encouraging them to create and you see them sell their stuff and even coming in contact with people who didn't know that they had a creative bone in their body and all of a sudden they sell it all over the place 
<laughs> that's because they, were, yeah. because they were pressured to do it by me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really encouraged. If you hadn't done this, you definitely would have been a teacher, and in a way, I believe, I guess you are a teacher, aren't you? Oh, really? Well, I guess in some sense. <laughs> uh, another uh, Marquise, I think a young man said that this was another way out in the video, and that you got. He said you got some place. You have some place to go. I think that. Well, you're developing people to develop an economy, to develop a culture. You're really developing people. Right. You know, that's what economies are for. It's not. Right. So I, I love that. That's what you're doing. I noticed that you went to, I saw this on your Facebook page that you went to leadership Montgomery and they were actually, you were talking about entrepreneur entrepreneurship there, I guess. Right. Yeah, that was, uh, that was this week. And so the, the interesting thing about that is I've spoken, I, you know, I was class 34, legacy class, leadership Montgomery. That was back in 2017. And this was the Tosh Bearers class. And traditionally, these are uh, the younger professionals. I'm 42. So I think these are the younger professionals. Now, I've spoken at a leadership Montgomery class on Arts and Culture Day. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had an arts organization to come in and speak on economic development day, that's never happened before. And that's huge. And I think that's a testament to show that some of the things that we've not only been talking about, but that we've been actually demonstrating in the city and that people from the mayor on down are able to recognize is that arts is a vital part of community and economic development. And so for me, that was huge just to be there on economic development day to talk about these creative placemaking strategies. Yeah, that's a win for for you. And I've seen videos and pictures of different events and just I can see this influx of people coming to see the place and I see people painting outside. And I just love that. I love I love everything about art. I'm not very artistic in terms of painting or anything, but I love art. I also saw that you you do work with schools a lot. And one of my favorite things I saw was that you had gone to or I don't know if it was you personally, but to Goodwin Junior High. And yes. about those ma- those uh, masks that you were cre- creating with students, like talking about different African tribes and different right. races that wore masks, that was beautiful. I love to see like young people doing things like that. And so the funny thing about that is you talk about me being a teacher. I'm not really a teacher. So we have an, uh, an artist, uh, Alana Taylor, who's actually an Alabama State University art professor. Now she looks like She's in high school, but she's an art <laughs> professor. She gave me that idea. Uh, I sent her off to uh, teach art at the organization where I used to work. And I called her. I said, look, man, you know, I got so much stuff going on. I hadn't even prepared for this. Whatever I do, it's going to be great, but I just need some direction. And she said, Kevin, would you like to do the same thing that I did with the other students? You know, because she's representing King's Canvas in, 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 other, in other capacities in other schools and other organizations. And I said, sure, I need that idea. And I said, text me everything <laughs> that you said, like text me the instructions. And I'm an artist, but you know, this is not a project that I've done, but this is of course one that I've held up, you know, just kind of latched on to because that was my opportunity to not only talk about the continent of Africa, but the tribes and really talk about that dignity, identity and significance that we were born with as black people. Absolutely. As human beings, period. But that's just that's and to be able to do that through art and through connecting with people through art and then having them actually do things, you know, to create something. I want to know I'm going to back up for just for a second to talk about how you start something like this. It seems to me overwhelming the paperwork, the, the, the fundraising, whatever. How do you go about that? Well, I was blessed to work with an organization for 12 and a half years where I learned uh, how to raise a little money through building relationships and gaining monthly donors. And so my, my partner at the previous organization suggested that 
I take those donors with me. And so I was able to take some, some decided to stay, some decided that they didn't want to go. And that's fine. You can choose to give to whatever you want to give to. So between 2017 and 2019, I'm the director of the King's Canvas. I wasn't employed by the King's Canvas yet because my board couldn't afford to pay me. So I just raised money and just let it sit in the bank. But as I did that, uh, at some point I did uh, open up the art studio and people started coming in and as donors, potential donors started seeing what was happening, they gave more and I was able to leave my job. Now, as far as the paperwork is concerned, man, I have a friend who's a lawyer and he said, hey, you need to fill out this form called the 1023EZ. And he literally walked me through it. He talked about my articles of incorporation and my bylaws and everything that I needed to do to assemble a board. So I gathered together a group of diverse people of uh, men, you know, just ethnically and gender gender diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, man, we just, at some point when I left that job, they decided what my salary was going to be. They paid me. I was able to leave that job May 31st, 2019. And then June 15th, I got my first paycheck, you know, and I don't do it for the paycheck, but I think oftentimes, especially in the South, it's not coming for an African-American led nonprofit organization to be able to draw a salary from it. Mm-hmm. But then when they see the work that we were able to do, when we, when we are able to draw a salary, we're able to do a lot of stuff. That's because we're able to devote all of our time and attention to it. And we don't have to work a nine to five and try to pull whatever we can, whatever we have left over to our nonprofit. And then we have our families. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a blessing to be able to, you know, to have that lawyer, Tom Patoch, help me file my paperwork. And then with all of the relationships that I built through fundraising, be able to say, hey, I'm no longer going to be employed here anymore and I'm moving over and it's still a nonprofit. Would you like to switch over with me? Yeah. You know, and so that's what I did. Yeah. I'm so glad that you can get paid and devote all of your time yeah. to that and your energy. I know that you're, you're tired. Did, does your family, do they, do they get to see you at all or are you always yeah. painting? And no, 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 absolutely. My family does get to see me. So my wife is a beautician. She uh, runs a beauty salon. So, she uh, has a lot of clients and typically, you know, usually we at home in the evenings together. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter is busier than all of us. Just graduated high school. Oh, she wow. Was, yeah. She's about to go to college uh, and, and she's going to stay local. But yesterday was her last day at Chick-fil-A. She had been working out since she was 14. Oh, wow. So we'll see her out more. She's out right now getting no, her uh, toes and the nails done. <laughs> and ask us to pay for it, you know, as a... You know, because we celebrate her last day of work. So she's like, hey, I don't have a job anymore. Can you pay for my pedicure and my manicure? <laughs> and she don't, usually, she don't usually ask for anything. So she knows at this point I give her whatever she wants. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I'm glad that you're that you're you have a time with your family and you can do what you're passionate about and you can help the com- community. You know, that's that's really awesome. When you were not painting all those years and not or not doing what you do now, why did you stop painting? Because you just didn't think you could make any money at it or you were told? You know, coming out of high school, graduating high school in 96, man, I had a lot of people around me who loved me. And I think if they would have known better, they would have been able to advise me uh, a lot better. Uh, But they basically said, hey, art is cool as a hobby, but you need to really think about your future. Think about what you want to do with your life. And so I ended up going to junior college for two years in Mobile, and then I ended up transferring to Tuskegee to major in uh, mechanic engineering. I went in engineering trying to figure out how to utilize my art, but with college classes and friends and hanging out and all of that, I found very little time 
for art. Every now and every now and then throughout there, throughout that time, I would draw something and do a t-shirt for a club or an organization on campus, but I wasn't really into it. I just felt like it was a waste of time. I could spend my devote my time doing other things that would be more beneficial. But it was it was my wife, man. And if, if she wouldn't have purchased those art supplies, she and my daughter, uh, I wouldn't have never started back. And see, now you turn around and tell you kind of you do the opposite now for people who are young. Right. You're, you're instead of blocking it, you're opening it. I, and I'm glad you realized that that's what's happening. I got in saying I want to reach that high school student. Cause I have a friend of mine in town who said, man, why are you focusing on adults and high school students? Man, you need to start younger with the elementary school kids. I said, look, man, I'm trying to catch these high schools before they leave so they can know that they can do it. And I'm trying to bring that adult who, you know, allowed life to happen and who got out of it. I'm trying to bring them back into it. And I'm trying to reach people who've never done it before, who didn't know that they had it. I'm trying to encourage them to create for the first time. Because to me, I approach it as if it's a life or death situation. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, okay, let me reach you guys before you feel like it's too late. So well, I mean, in a way it is life. And I mean, it's not physical life and death necessarily, right. but, you know, yeah. you know, living our true selves and all that, that really is kind of life or death. If you think about it, it is um, when you are, I saw, I've seen some of your work cause I was curious and I, I've, I mean, I really have been a nosy person, but I was looking right. on Instagram and all that. And I love your work. I love the, the, the paintings that I've seen. It's just, so there's one, uh, like with Washington in the background, I think there's like the bus with Rosa Parks and what looks like, I don't know what it is with like the black, like a pants. Oh, you don't yeah. is that yours? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that is mine. So that, that one was, that was actually a freestyle painting, man. I didn't know what I was going to do Yeah. before I did it. Uh, my friend, Michelle Browder does this uh, art on the square. And so right there at the one core square fountain where, you know, enslaved Africans used to go to be sold. Yeah. We basically took over that square. We eventually painted Black Lives Matter around I it. But saw we, that. we started years ago and we would take over the square and I would curate the artists and I would have artists surrounding it. And we always had a theme. I forgot what that. I know that theme had something to do with the march because it's always during that time. Right. Yeah. The separation of the march. And so just on the spot, you know, I, I showed up, had my stuff set up. The music was going. The vibe was nice. People are out. Other artists around. And it's like, it just kind of comes to me and I just started. And then Black Panther had just come out, yeah. you know, not too long ago. And so, yeah, that was a freestyle. I did that one on the spot. And That's I, pretty amazing. When you did it like two hours. Wow. When you're yeah. painting, I always ask artists this because I've talked to other artists. When you're painting, what are you, are you in like a Zen space? Is it crazy? Is it, uh, is it like meditation? What is it like? Uh, it's a little bit of all of it, man. It's me with a glass of wine is... <laughs> music playing, you know, it's me scrolling through my phone, looking at YouTube, or just trying to find some source of inspiration. I would literally sit in front of a canvas uh, for hours. And then, and, and I try to envision colors on that canvas. I try to envision like the, the end creation, right? And then I try to back up and say, okay, what I just saw in my mind, now I have to produce that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes, man, when inspiration hit, it just hits. I was at a, a Juneteenth festival back in 2019 and I had artists uh, at the Rosa Parks Museum. We had a block party. You know, I had my artists up under a tent. And so I was talking to one artist and I had a blank canvas over there. But in mid-sentence, I'm talking, I'm paying attention to every word she's saying. All of a sudden, I stopped listening. I don't say anything to her. I walk away. <laughs> Before I knew it, 
you know, I was halfway done with that canvas and then I looked <laughs> up and I was like, dang, Tony, man, I just cut you off. She said, Kevin, I knew exactly what was going on. So that's why I didn't bother you. <laughs> <laughs> where do I had you, zoned out. Where do, you think that, huh? where do you think that comes from? Really? Do you think it's from God? Do you think it's something you're born with? What do you think? Well, honestly, because of my faith, I do believe it's from God. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do believe so. And, and I'm, I'm a person who believes, you know, since you brought God up, you know, uh, the reason and I, I'm going to answer your question by answering it this way. My name is Kevin King. I have a crown as a logo and we call it the King's Canvas. But the King's Canvas is a name after Kevin King. It comes from the fact that in Genesis chapter one, the first thing we learn about God is the fact that he's creator. Right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> so okay what do you know about him what what is the state what is the state about who god is from the beginning creator yeah then he's an artist saying that yeah he that he was he's the master artist right he's the first artist mm-hmm. and so you know not a lot of people believe that and i don't beat this down you know beat this over people's head you know but people know who i am and i have flaws and they know my flaws too and so for me i believe that we were created to create right some form of creation we either engage in or we love. And so I don't believe you can separate art and our artistic abilities apart from who God is. No matter if you acknowledge him or not, I believe that all of it comes, to, uh, comes from him. Because when the scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And when I say the king's canvas, the king's canvas is a declaration that we are all the king's canvas because he created us. So when I talk about the king's canvas, I'm not talking about. 1413 Oak Street. I'm talking about all of us, this whole universe that he used as his canvas to create. Yeah. And I'm our creator. Absolutely. And that emanates from you, even before you explained it, it comes off of you and what you're doing. It's obvious when you explain it, it even, you know, it's like, oh yeah, of course. Um, Because I was thinking in the car earlier, I was a little nervous about talking with you today. I was like, ah, when I don't know someone, I get a little nervous. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I was thinking, you know, what he's doing and what you're um, all of you are doing. I know you don't do it by yourself, but yeah. uh, it's it's I always get sad about lost opportunities, like all the things that could have happened if only people had done X, Y or Z. Yeah. You're doing X, Y and Z and all those things that could have just gone untapped, all that talent, all that expression, all that feeling of validation could have been delayed or never even happened. And you really have created this. Right. New thing. I think right. I mean, you've created opportunity and, and I know it's not just you. I don't like yeah. to build people up as celebrities yeah. and I'm sure you don't like that either, but yeah. Right. What you're doing is amazing. I really think it is. I applaud you for it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Jim. And I knew you had like a, a, a much deeper, you know, uh, reasoning behind it. Right. Like yeah. just to kind of, I'll come to, to, to a close and, and ask you just a couple of more questions. First of all, I want to know about your shirt because it's really cool. And I know people can't see it, but <laughs> what? Well, so, all right. So at the last minute, I put this on because it was the only thing I had iron. <laughs> <laughs> this is a last minute thing, too. <laughs> I'm to go ahead and confess that. And so this doesn't require much ironing, but uh, we went to an event recently. My wife bought it from a local African shop. Uh, and I, I forgot what event because we are always dressing up and going places. And I knew you were going to ask me about that. And I can't even remember it's okay. that. I can't even remember why she purchased it, but I do have a few of them. And sometimes we go out, like we dressed up for Black Panther. Recently, it was something else. I don't remember what it was, but I wore this, I wore this to her. I just don't remember where. 
the other another thing I wanted to add that was random. I, I, <laughs> I was going to ask it, but um, I do wonder what is your vision going forward? How do you want to grow or uh, develop and evolve? What I know somewhere I read that you you said you start with their neighborhood and you build. I don't. I'm very roughly paraphrasing. Yeah. You know, it's Montgomery. Do you have like a vision of expanding? I know it is about the community, but does that community grow? The community of artists. Yeah. So right now, artists are da uh, daily being added uh, to the fold, right? Uh, but as far as our physical location, we have a small uh, 400 uh, uh, square foot uh, studio right now, uh, and behind our studio. There's another building, which is connected to the same building. It's a room that's twice the size of our current room. So the goal is for that new space, that that larger space to become the studio and the space that we're in currently for that to become a gallery. Now, right next to our building, adjacent to the Welcome to Montgomery, Welcome to West Montgomery Mural, that's land that the King's Canvas bought. You know, I have a landscape architect friend who also lives in Washington Park that's going to become a public gathering space. It's already become a public gathering space because of the mural and the art. And this space that had no social or cultural value to anyone, it's now activated and people are now using it for events. And so, you know, it'll be retaining walls and outlets so artists and business can plug up stuff and a stage where the entertainment can be. Oh, wow. and, you know, so that's happening. And then I got at the Rotary Club, uh, Montgomery, three Rotary Clubs came together and gave me a grant so we can do a facade improvement. So the colors that are on the current wall, on the uh, wall currently, mm -hmm. we're gonna wrap those colors around the front of the building. And there's that a local artist here who's involved with us, who's done some work in Atlanta. She's gonna spearhead that project for me. We're gonna build a deck and put seating out front. There's a coffee shop and bookstore moving next door. There's another business moving next door because of all the activity. That's where the creative placemaking comes in, right? And that's the economy um, growing. Exactly. Exactly. And so the restaurant across the street is one of the most popular restaurants uh, in town. It's called BG's for short, but it's called Barbara Gales. Uh, Larry Bethune Jr. owns it. He named it after his mom. We have a local tattoo artist that I commissioned to uh, do artwork, you know, on, on his building. And so yeah. we want to flood that area with visual representations of art, as well as have uh, just beautiful buildings that are old commercial structures, Vacant lots, we want to utilize those vacant lots and activate those vacant lots so they can become something special. And we want to spread not only in Washington Park and West Montgomery, but we've done some stuff in North Montgomery and King Hill. Uh, we're going to possibly do some stuff in Tuskegee and some other areas surrounding uh, Montgomery. You know, so. That's just exciting. And I just love to hear all of that. Um, yeah. I know that you do have grants and you have and, uh, and all kinds of stuff, but I know you can probably always use more donations. So oh, yeah, absolutely, I'm doing, I've committed to a monthly donation. It's not huge, but <laughs> so I want my friends and people who listen to my podcast to do yeah. the same. And it's a, thank you. The Kings canvas dot. Uh, tell me where did I forget? It's the Kings canvas dot org. Yeah. And the, and the donate button uh, is on there, but if you want to go directly to it, it's the Kings canvas dot org forward slash donate that take you directly to our donate page. And it's cool because we're doing some new things. We, we started something called our, you know, our, our partners or the King's Canvas partners and then partners, you know, it's spelled P-A-R-T. Yeah. And so we capitalized the A-R-T. I know it's cheesy. No. But, you know, it's <laughs> cool. And so what we're going to start doing, uh, and I'm kind of behind on it now, uh, once a quarter, I think starting this quarter, uh, every monthly donor, no matter what amount they gave, uh, they're going to start receiving our quarterly uh, eight by 10 prints. 
Oh, cool. I'm looking at Canvas artists with their bios, and I'm working with someone right now that's helping uh, redesign a website. She hit me up the other day and told me to look at it. That portion ain't live yet. The new uh, layout isn't live yet. And so we're going to get that new monthly partners link on there. And we're going to start getting our stuff out, uh, hopefully by the end of this quarter. And if not this quarter, we're going to start in the, within the fourth quarter to make sure that we start getting people's artwork out. Because, you know, we want to just tell people thank you. And I know no goods or services are given in exchange for the finances or the funds that are given. But it's just our way of appreciating our monthly donors because that's what sustains us. Some people call them sustaining partners. And I think we call them sustaining partners. Mm-hmm. I think but so. Yeah. And so w- without our lights being uh, on, you know, we wouldn't have a space to create without us being able to pay our bills. Without without me being able to do it full time, right. I won't be freed up to invest in artists and people and go to schools. I wouldn't be able to do all of this. Yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm just thankful. Art supplies, all of it goes into it. Well, I definitely yeah. wanted to put that out there before yeah. we end the interview so that people can donate. Thank um, you. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't ask or talk about? No, I, I think uh, I think you about covered it. I, I just think uh, for me as a uh, nonprofit leader in Montgomery, just to kind of get behind people that's doing stuff that are actually, you know, just transformative efforts. Um, you know, even if people don't have anything to give on a monthly basis. Uh, you know, I, I talked to someone one time and they said, Kevin, what can we do to help you besides giving money? And I said, well, giving money. <laughs> <laughs> then we, then we, we both laughed and I said, listen, what I'm saying is uh, we, we needed to survive. We needed to thrive, right? We just, we just do it. We can't do anything without, it, you know, uh, function the way that we function. I said, but if you don't have it, maybe you have a few people in your network who do. So maybe you could, just like you just did, Jimmy, maybe you could just encourage your friends or your relatives who uh, want to get involved in the cause like this and who really believe in what's going on here in the birthplace of the civil rights movement on the historic Selma Montgomery March Trail that want to be a part of the transformation. And one of the things that we did talk about was the fact that after the Montgomery bus boycott in uh, 1955, uh, shortly after that, that was talks of uh, an interstate system running through our community. And we know that that happened all across the nation, so I don't even need to explain that. But in our neighborhood, particularly, dismantled our black business district mm-hmm. at that time. That was self-sustaining, right? You know, it displaced 1,700 families. And those 1,700 families who were displaced, a lot of them had to go and move in a, a newly built uh, housing authority complex called Gibbs Village. That's still there. It's a housing project, right? Housing authority. And so since 1972, the interstate was completed early 70s. Our neighborhood hadn't been the same since then. And so the fact that we've actually moved in and we're creating, uh, you know, creative places uh, for people to be and to create and business to thrive and businesses actually want to move into the community because they see the land activation. This is huge. You may say, hey, man, y'all are just on the block. That's that's not really anything big or significant. But the fact that we have businesses want to move in this commercial space and, and do cool stuff because, they see people not only coming in, but they see the community taking part. You know, I just really want people to understand the magnitude of what's happening with that. And if you don't have it, man, just talk to your friends, you know, click that donate link, or sign up to be a monthly partner. You know, what what you're doing really, it's historic as well. What you're describing is that you're making history because 
so much, first of all, in conjunction with what you're doing, those of us in education need to be doing a much better job of teaching people about history, especially mm-hmm. Alabama history and the history of black people in this state. But right. what you're doing is, 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 is addressing a historic wrong yeah. and working to, uh, to, to correct that in some way. Or, and, and, the, and really, as such, you should be getting a lot more money from a lot more places because it is historic and I, and I admire you for it. And I think everybody listening to this will too. I'm going to stop like just singing a prayer. I tend to be effusive. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> all, right, <Jim. laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It was really nice meeting you. And one day I'm going to get some friends together. I'm going to come down to Montgomery. I'm going to come see, see the area and, and look at some art and stuff. Please do remind me where you are again. I'm in Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. So that's just right up the road. Right up the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you do, just let me know, and I, I'm, I make time for you. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Have a good one. All right. You too, bro. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Where You Are, a podcast created, edited, and hosted by Jimmy Ellenberg. The intro music is Sunrise by Skirk, used with permission. The views expressed in this podcast do not represent those of my employer. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day wherever you are.